You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 118, Black Mold and Summertime. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, it's already August. Yep, unfortunately. Summer's <laughs> summer's coming to an end very quickly. Although it's been a little chilly around here for August. Yeah, yeah. last night we had uh, thunderstorms and hailstorms. And this morning I had to even go look at the thermometer because I couldn't believe how chilly it was. And what was it, 52 degrees? Yeah. So yeah, it's our, our summer's kind of, I think, going away quickly yeah the tundra is returning a little early so yeah (laughs) well today we are actually talking about summertime even though it doesn't feel like summer over here Uh, and the question is black mold and summertime so what's the connection there a lot of people think in the summertime because it's hot and dry out that you can't have mold symptoms or mold sickness symptoms and i think too a lot of people are just outside Hopefully enjoying nature, fishing, you know, doing the things we like to do, riding their side-by-sides, whatever it is. And they don't really think about if, you know, they have a mold problem or, you know, let's just say they're probably busy on vacation. There's just a lot of reasons why in, in the summertime when we're typically the busiest, most people just don't think about black mold or mold sickness. And in... I guess they're thinking because they're outside, they don't really have to worry about what's inside because they're spending so much time outside. Exactly. And I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people, mold is typically associated, and we talk about it a lot, so hopefully I'm not to blame, but when they hear about mold, you know, they think of like a musty basement or crawl space. So they just, in the summertime, they just don't really think about it being an issue when it might not be an active infestation or viable Versus non-viable, viable meaning it's nice and fuzzy, it's growing, humidity's over 60%. 
non-viable or what we call dormant, that's what happens. And most of the time in the summertime, that's what happens. Say it's a crawl space. But on the other hand, you know, you could have a leak behind a wall. And so it's the dark, damp conditions that that mold needs. Even in the middle of summer, you just, you just don't think about it. You're, you're I think a lot of people, like I said, you know, they're thinking about vacations. They're thinking about their kids going back to school. They're just, they don't really think about mold. And then they think, especially right now with COVID, you know, they just think, well, it's probably this Delta variant or is that the variant we're on Yeah, now? the Delta, yeah. I can't quite yeah. keep up. But, <laughs> but they just, if, if you understand what I'm saying, they're just, they're just so busy with other things, they don't think about it. Just like we did a podcast, Cabin Fever, the middle of the winter, <laughs> Anytime you get the snivels, you're you're like, oh, it's probably something in my house. Whereas the summer, you're you're outside a lot. You're just not thinking about it. Hopefully, I kind of explained that right. Well, and I think this leads me to another question. I do think there are a lot of people out there who think, even if there is a mold issue in their home, because they're spending way more hours outdoors in the summertime than they would in the winter, the mold problem in their home isn't affecting them as much because they're not inside as much. Is that true? Uh, it depends on everybody's body, but I would just ask you or pose this question to the people that, that think that. And I'm not saying this to be mean, but do you approach COVID the same way? Certainly not. So my point is, is while you're at home, you can inhale those spores. So now they're in your body. They're going to do whatever. They're so they're gonna going do. with you wherever you go exactly. at that point. Okay. Okay. So it's not just the length of hours in the day that you're exposed if your body, if you're, if you've been exposed and they're in your body, those spores done wherever you're outside, it's there right, with you. Right. The the molds inside your body, um, and at that point, you know, it's starting to create mycotoxins, and it's going to do to your body what it's going to do. That's where the medical side kind of comes in, and so you know, like you said, you're just not at home as long, but you're still breathing in those spores. Now, of course, in the winter time, if you're Breathing in those spores for 14 hours a day, yeah, that's really bad. But just because it's summertime doesn't mean it goes away. Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners would be like, well, yeah, I, I'm still sick. And, you know, I'm still wondering, is it because of mold? And, you know, then they're like, well, how do we know? And that that's a whole other episode. Exactly. But. That's a, that is a whole other episode. So just in relating to summertime, where could people get exposed to mold and or experience experience mold sickness that they may not be thinking about. Well, things like you know, there, there's we probably have listeners that religiously go camping every other weekend or every weekend, or go to their cabin. Um, you know, people that have a second home, or you know, or, or a home at the lake. You know, so your RV could be giving you issues, recreational vehicle. Maybe you have a side-by-side that has a full enclosure and there's something going on in there. A boat, I wouldn't really say that could cause problems. But, you know, you could be, you can be at a friend's cabin. You could go stay with families. You can be in hotel rooms. And we know how hotel rooms are because we've done podcasts about it. But there's probably not a hotel room that we've gone into where I haven't found some sort of defect that could be mold. Exactly. So wherever their outdoor recreation is happening, right, could have a mold infestation. Exactly. You know, and you have you have people that work. You know, we're not that far from Yellowstone, and they employ a lot of people, and they put you up in company or government housing, however you want to word it. 
and they're old buildings and they could be being exposed, you know, uh, for those rangers or whatever positions they have. There's another thing that, that most people don't think about is, is, you know, we were talking about how people are outside more. Let's just say you have an allergy to some sort of grass or weeds or plants or something outside. Well, if you're outside a lot more, you're being exposed to that outside too. So people don't think about that. That's true. That's that's very true. No, they don't they don't think about that. So a lot of people sort of debate the does mold thrive better in the summer or the winter? What do you say to that? It really depends on, and I know this is going to sound somewhat vague, but I hope our listeners understand. And any any of them that have dealt with me know, like, there's there's so many different mold types. There's different, you know, some are stickier, some are heavier, and it's the same as far as the atmospheric conditions they need. One thing we've talked about is candida. And, you know, that's starting to be something very popular i guess what i'm talking about and candida thrives at body temperature so 98.6 degrees whereas you have other mold types that love the dark damp areas now the reason we always refer to dark and damp areas is because a dark and damp area gives you that 60 percent humidity Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily because it's dark does that make sense if it's light if you if you're getting light in there in the middle of the summer it's probably heating up or warming up so then it allows that that temperature allows the humidity to drop, which decreases the likeliness for mold, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the worst conditions I think you could have, like candida, especially in the summertime, you have that humidity above 60% and you have the temperature at 98 degrees. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, if you were to, to, to put a pen to paper and look at everything, in the summertime, with the right conditions, maybe mold types wouldn't be as harmful. But to say that, that would you're taking a mold spore that's viable to non-viable. Well, just because it's not viable doesn't mean it's not harmful. And viable mm. to our listeners, meaning it's not fuzzy. It's just just dark spots. Okay. You know, I was just I was just on a property yesterday in a in a place that's not even two years old in a crawl space here in Wyoming. And you can see every year there's mold that starts to grow down there. And then it goes, so it goes from viable growing to Mm non-viable. If you inhale those spores, they come into your body, which is the right conditions for it. For it to, not that it's going to start reproducing, your body's going to react to it. And those molds are going to produce mycotoxins. So to answer the question, like I said, it, it, you can't just assume because it's summertime that, that it's not causing problems. And it, I want to I want to emphasize that viable versus non-viable. Non-viable is just as important as viable. Viable just means it's spreading, whereas non-viable it's not. It's just dormant. But that still can be harmful to you if you inhale those spores. That that yeah, and I think that's a big misnomer that a lot of people probably think if it's non-viable, it's not doing anything. Right, right. And it's I deal with so many people that. You know, those that want to downplay it. Once again, I, I try to not freak people out. You know that. And I'll say to people, well, it grows on your bread and your cheese. Well, yeah, but on the other hand, they should that shouldn't be there. Just like a mold infestation shouldn't be in your basement, whether it's viable or not, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So just thinking about summertime activities, should people be concerned about mold, you know, if they go boating a lot? Do, should they be concerned in the boat 
If it has you couldn't be. You could, you know, because what you've got to realize with a boat, the floor of a boat, depending on what style of boat you have, mm-hmm. you know, if it's just a little fishing boat and it's an aluminum hole and there's no carpet, no flooring per se, you shouldn't have concerns. Now, when you get into that same boat and you look at the seat cushions, maybe there's mold spores in those seat cushions. So every time you sit down, what does that do? Yeah, it compresses. It yeah. compresses that cushion, which pushes those spores out. So, ah, okay. So it's, it, of course, it's always a concern. Um, you know, and like I said, because it's in the floors, uh, you know, maybe you know, back in the day when I was fit enough and could water ski, if it got really cold, I'd wear a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say that wetsuit wasn't dried out properly and it's starting to get some mold growing in it and you just throw it on. And as you're throwing it on, you know, you can your skin starts to react to it with a rash or let's say the spores you inhale them. So it definitely, it's just because you're outside or just because it's your boat or just because it's a brand new boat doesn't mean it's not going to cause problems. And I don't want to, I don't want to act like everything can cause problems, but they can. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's why people are sick, but you have to approach things that way. Absolutely. What about cases, you know, where kids are home from school for the summer and they're, they have a tree house out back in a place like Georgia that's humid or Florida that's humid and muggy. Is the tree house a concern for mold? I mean, most parents Absolutely. are going outside. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I grew up in Utah, so I call humid humid with an H, not humid. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can tell where people were, were raised because exactly. that's what they humid. teach you in the Northeast. Exactly, humid. But, H is silent. <laughs> but anyhow, of course you should be. I mean... You know, that's outside. So so homes in Georgia, you know, they have HVAC systems, or hopefully they do. For the most part, inside should not be humid. Mm-hmm. But that treehouse is going to be, because okay. like you said, it's outside. Yeah. Pretty sure there's not an air handler, mm-hmm. furnace, and all that fancy stuff. And so, depending on the style of it, yeah, I mean, you think your kids are going out there and just having fun. And, and let's just say you have three kids, and all three of them go out there. And one of them, every time they come back into the house, they're, you know, they, they have a cough or they have runny eyes or whatever. Could be a lot of things. Sorry, guys, that was our bug zapper. Um, but anyhow, it you could look at that child and just say, hey, maybe this child has an allergy to the molds or maybe there is a mold concern out there, but the other two children, their immune system can handle it. So going back to what we always talk about. What do we always talk about when it comes to mold concerns? A journal, document. I mean, write things down and and you can tell like, okay, this is our middle child that always has issues. This same child, when we go to grandma's house, is always complaining. And it's not because they don't like grandma. It's because maybe there really is an air quality issue in grandma's home. So those are things you have to pay attention to. And, you know, I hate to use COVID as a, a reference, but just, you know, treat mold like you would COVID. Well, and how I I guess I can hear a lot of people saying we go camping all the time. The kids are in the treehouse all the time. You know, we go boating all the time. How often should they be checking for these things? Well, I would say something like their treehouse. I wouldn't pay a, a mold inspector to come run air tests. Yeah. Um, but you should. I mean, you know, I would assume that that the dad or well, I don't. I shouldn't assume that actually. There's a lot of women that are very handy, so I shouldn't word it that way. But whoever built that treehouse or maintains it should go out there and look in the spring or fall, and make sure there's no issues. When it comes to something like your boat, 
I once again I wouldn't pay anybody to come inspect it to make sure. But if if you do notice you you keep getting sick, right? Like that journal could be as far as what, like what I do, especially consultations. It is so informational. Like I a lot of times I say to people, well, which room do you spend most of your time in? You know, especially when we're doing air testing and they they only want one test inside the home. Like try to nail things down. And as far as your boat. If someone keeps getting sick, then maybe a look at that, you know, take a look down into the storage, you know, some, all boats are different. Some have storage on the sides for your skis or whatever they do now, surfboards, wakeboards, all sorts of stuff. There's, there's storage in the center. Look down in there and make sure there's not these mold infestations. And speaking of those, you know, open up those access points. After you're done boating, when you get back home, I mean, I wouldn't travel down the freeway with those open, but but open those up so you can let them air out. Exactly. You're driving down a highway; it's not going to hurt anything. Exactly. You don't like if you had a moldy crawl space, you wouldn't open the hatch to let it air out. <laughs> yeah. So, just so our listeners understand that you're driving down a highway, yeah, those mold spores are not coming into your house or into you. So make sure you know you just just pay attention to things. And as crazy as it sounds, you you could just have. Like I said, a simple allergy, and there's there's that mold type that's in your boat. So every time you get in the boat and you're walking around on that carpet, you're kicking up those spores. Just just keep that in mind. Absolutely. So what's your call to action for people? Pay attention to your indoor air quality concerns, and I, I say indoor, but pay attention outdoor. You know, you brought up things like a, a treehouse. Like I didn't even think about a treehouse. My dad would never build one, but. My dad didn't build much at all, actually. Yeah. I'm not sure where I got that from. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, when you have something like that, or let's say an RV, pay attention to that air quality and how your body's reacting to it. Absolutely. And documentation can be greatly helped by the mold box. Yep. Yep. We have the mold box, which is now available on the website. Um, I'm not sure what the link is, but I can put it in the comments. CNCcontractorservices.com forward slash the mold box. There but we go. You yeah, should have expert. it right there. But <laughs> there's a lot of tools and tips and techniques to help you document the things that you need to document to know where your mold problem is coming from. Exactly. There you go. We'll catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.